0: Hello from Los Angeles, and welcome to this week's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. This is your host, Michael Benner, happy as always to be here, and looking forward to our topic today, which is sort of dual in nature, conscience and intuition. Now, at the risk of insulting somebody, I uh, am going to explain nonetheless that I don't mean Consciousness or conscious as in, are you awake and alert, or are you unconscious, like asleep or passed out or in a coma. It's not consciousness or conscious versus unconscious that I'm talking about. It's conscience, which is spelled like the word science with C-O-N in front of it, and you wouldn't think it'd be pronounced this way, but that's conscience. And I'm talking about the Jiminy Cricket kind of conscience. Remember in Pinocchio, don't tell lies, you know, it's wrong to fib. Often called the voice of the soul, conscience and intuition is our topic. We're going to talk about how to promote your ability to listen to and understand Further, as we move into the extended premium training, a little about how to trust and why it's safe to trust your intuition. So, whether you call it intuition or conscience, I think a good place to begin is to differentiate intuition from instinct. All right? These two are often conflated as if they were the same and they're not and people who really should know better are often using the words interchangeably if you do an internet search you see many examples of a failure to distinguish between instinct and intuition so before we even talk about the relationship of intuition to conscience we've got to explain how it is distinct and different from instinct Distinct from instinct, okay? (laughs) Instinct is second chakra, third chakra, it's the sacral center and the belly. It's the so-called gut feeling. Be clear, intuition is not a gut feeling. Intuition is usually experienced in the heart chakra or very close to it, aspiring to, perhaps just below and reaching up toward the heart chakra, most people, their heart chakra is not open yet in order to evolve spiritually and personality from the lower centers into the fourth center, the heart chakra. You must be willing to put the general welfare of the one life of other people and animals and all that lives, plants and flowers ahead of what you would call the separated self when you put your relationships for example ahead of the separated self when you look for win-win situations and work for the greater good of all concerned the heart chakra begins to open and you are as is often said in spiritual teachings of one kind or another on the path That's what puts you on the path and makes intuition much more available to you. So intuition is love-based. It's sort of an oh boy and provides all manner of information and is very closely related to conscience, as you'll find out today. Instinct, on the other hand, is the gut feeling. This is, as I say, in the lower centers, the second and, to some extent, third chakras, the sacral and the solar center. This is related to animal instinct. We share our gut feelings, our instinct with animals. The human mob mentality, and to some extent even morbid curiosity, is related to the herd mentality. Gut feelings or instinct is fear-based. It's, oh, no stand and fight or run away so they're almost like polarities of a bar magnet where the south end of the bar magnet, the lower centers is your herd mentality your animal nature, your fear based gut feelings that's instinct and the top of the bar magnet if you will is the heart center or close to it, aspirational and That's intuition, and that's, oh boy, and filled with information. All kinds of possibilities, as well as the moral and ethical values that are often portrayed as conscience. Not only does intuition and conscience know right from wrong, it often knows which answer is right, which solution or resolution will solve your problem. What insight and understanding is necessary for you to let go of your discontent, your malaise, your pain and suffering? So, let's be very clear about the difference between the gut feeling and the heart-based intuition. Instinct and intuition are very different. And this is a great conversation starter, by the way. You may get an argument from some people, but... I think if you just share those few facts, a reasonable person will understand the points. I think they become self-evident once you explain to people that all you can really learn from instinct and your gut feeling is what to avoid, what to fight or run away from, where intuition and conscience is replete with all kinds of wisdom and insight and expanded awareness and understanding it really is a love-based elevated perspective uh, intuition and conscience provides an overview from the point of view of the Oversoul, as a matter of fact and this is the second part of what I want to say and I want to get this in for the podcast people because the free podcast goes about 20 minutes each week and then we continue for the premium subscribers into a program that runs about 90 minutes altogether, and usually includes a second program, a conversation with my business partner of three and a half decades, Steve Snyder, on a related topic, and we'll be doing that today as well. I also want to add, I mentioned this last week, but I want to say it again, We have slowed down from one a week to two a month. And I appreciate your patience, especially those of you who are paying for the expanded premium edition. You're still going to get the same number of programs. It's just that I'm writing a book now, and it's so important that I bear down and get this done. I'd like to finish it in time for Christmas and year-end gift-giving if possible I may not be able to meet that deadline and I'll probably self-publish it so publishing is guaranteed it would be a diversion for me to launch into a long explanation at this point of what's happening with major publishers and hardbound books and the closing of bookstores fewer and fewer people are buying their books in bookstores and the whole market is changing Fortunately, we have the ability to self-publish, and I'll probably be using a publisher who's a friend of mine out of Hilo, Hawaii, who has a pretty good-sized catalog, and I like the way he works, He's uh, very charitable, as well as an intelligent fellow, and uh, we've been talking about having him publish the book, so it's pretty much a done deal if we go through that route. I just want to beg for a little more time and patience and understanding if these programs or classes are not coming as fast as they used to. It's hard for me to believe now looking back that for five years we did one every week, every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. depending on your time zone. We were there live and podcast the programs and so things change, but I really appreciate your understanding in that regard. All right. So we've talked about the difference between intuition and instinct. We've talked about the relationship between intuition and conscience. Now I'd like to touch on that subject of the Oversoul, the idea that the conscience, the intuition, is the voice of the soul, where gut instinct is really the voice of our animal nature or egoic, separated, survival oriented, fear-based self. Intuition and conscience as the voice of the soul, that's a concept that goes back hundreds, even thousands of years. Conscience has been referred to as the voice of the soul since times before Christ in both Eastern and Western civilizations, it's not just a new concept, but here's the situation. We have the Christian interpretation by Constantine and his bishops at the Council of Nicaea in the 5th century AD that Eve eating the apple and that whole story of Adam and Eve being run out of the Garden of Eden Eve being tempted by the snake. Everybody knows the story. That interpretation in pre-Christian times varied widely. Various branches of Judaism had different interpretations of the story of Adam and Eve. But what Constantine and his bishops did is interpret the fall of man as the reason that an individual must accept Jesus Christ as their Savior for this original sin to be redeemed so that the individual's tainted soul can avoid the eternal damnation of hellfire and ascend to heavenly paradise. So I'll give you an example. I, I can remember very clearly when I was a little boy in Catholic catechism class being shown a picture of the Baltimore Catechism of two milk bottles that represented the soul, glass milk bottles. And one was all clean, representing a soul that had been absolved of sin, Not only by accepting Christ as Savior, but in the Catholic Church, of course, you have to routinely go to confession, and there's a penance, and so on and so forth. And the other milk bottle was dirty, and that was your soul. And you can blame me for being tempted by that old snake to eat the apple. Therefore, they were driven out of the garden because God had forbid them to eat the apple of the tree of knowledge interesting we see the myth by the way of the poison apple in other stories since probably the best known one is sleeping beauty remember the witch mirror mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all and she gives sleeping beauty the poison apple to kill her definite overtones of this whole Adam and Eve story well if our souls are fallen and dwell within us as dirty, tainted, and in need of redemption, then how could the soul's voice be so full of truth and wisdom? Now Catholics, and I checked this out, I looked it up, do not say that your conscience or your intuition is the voice of the soul they say it is a gift of the Holy Spirit and I'm sure you might find other Christians who would say the same thing it's just a common proverb throughout the world to say that one's conscience or intuition is the voice of the soul but what it harkens back to is a pantheistic or panentheistic belief that your soul is already in heaven. Now, this is a grand heresy, but it is a strong belief in the mystical traditions of Christianity. Rosicrucianism, for example, and Neoplatonism, and the Kabbalistic studies of the Hebrew Jewish religion, and Sufism, which is the mystical or progressive side of Islam, and in a rather veiled way, in Eastern philosophy as well, in Vedantism, in Buddhism, in Chinese Taoism, there are few references to the soul per se, and yet what reincarnates if not the soul, you see? You will often be told by people who pursue an understanding of Eastern philosophy that in Hinduism and Buddhism and Taoism and Shintoism and Jainism and the spinoffs that there is no soul, that the sense of self is a mere illusion or delusion, that reality itself is a delusion, that when you die you merge into this cosmic ocean of oneness. If so... How do you account for reincarnation? What reincarnates? What retains the memory of the past lifetime? So it's a little more complicated than that. And for me to go further at this point would really be outside of the scope of this program. We'll cover this and similar topics in future programs. But one of the distinctions of mysticism in all the religious traditions from the more conservative, traditional, or orthodox teachings of all religions, is the idea that while the soul, in a sense, does dwell within you, it also exists above and free of form, already in heaven. This is a mind blower. And make no mistake about it, millions and millions of our ancestors, women and men, have been tortured executed, beheaded, drawn and quartered, and burned at the stake for believing or even mentioning what I'm talking about, the pre-existence of the soul, that the soul exists above and free of form and extends itself into incarnation. And if so, it's reasonable to believe we ought to be able to contact it. That our persona, our egoic sense of self, ought to be able to align with, to open ourselves to, and stand receptive to the influence of the oversoul. If indeed it is above, and having lived hundreds or thousands of lifetimes already, who knows, has all of this wisdom. Further, sharing the ground of God—that's a line from Plato's writings. I've always liked the soul shares the ground of God. So, like a wave on the ocean, it may sense its individuality and separateness, but it certainly knows that it's still grounded in the ocean. The wave knows it is the ocean. It's only the drop, the raindrop, the dewdrop, the the cloud that. that it is the ocean and that there's no part of the ocean that's not in the drop but the wave though it has a sense of being individuated nevertheless recognizes that it is grounded in the one thing, the ocean which is often a symbol for the one life God, not as an anthropomorphized being living very far away but as a magnetic field, a force field, as in may the force be with you, of consciousness or awareness that exists everywhere equally present, often described simply as love. Imagine a magnetic force field of love. And within that, overshadowing our mortal existence, an immortal soul that if it is indeed already in heaven, we ought to be able to listen to. And perhaps that's what's meant by this ancient proverb or saying, this axiom that the conscience or the intuition is the voice of the soul and a gift of the Holy Spirit, a connection to divinity. And that's what mystics are always looking for. Not to follow a particular church or dogmatic set of rules, so much as to create an altered state of expanded awareness or higher consciousness to actually experience through epiphany and revelation a connection to your spiritual source, a connection to that which is infinite and eternal. Perhaps that is the source of your conscience or intuition. Now here's the problem. There is so much going on inside your head, so many ideas and voices competing for your attention that the chances of you hearing your intuition clearly or recognizing your conscience clearly is small indeed. For intuition and conscience is often referred to as a still, small voice. And you would have to become still and calm your emotions and quiet your mind to hear the whisper of such a small voice, though it be filled with wisdom and truth. And you know that feeling, boy, when that eureka illumination That aha experience arrives. You not only get enlightened and new information, but you get this whole sense of confirmation that that's it. That's definitely it. That's obviously it. It's self-evident. That's the answer that I was looking for. That's the wisdom and the truth. It's the awareness and the understanding that I was looking for without question. All right. So that's as much time as we have for the podcast, folks. Enjoy the program. We're heard all around the world in about 35 or 40 countries. It varies from week to week. And we really appreciate you telling your friends about it. And if you get an opportunity to add a comment to the iTunes store or to the Stitcher app, we're now streaming on Stitcher as well. That way you can listen on your smartphone or iPad or other tablet or even automobile dashboards are now getting streaming audio through Stitcher. And you can check it out at stitcher.com. If you're not yet getting our newsletter, be sure and sign up at our primary website, theagelesswisdom.com. And the T-H-E is part of it, so after the W's, dot theagelesswisdom.com. Click on the big button that says free newsletter and add your name, your email address, and your five-digit zip code. I don't need the plus four that messes things up, but I really would like to have the five-digit zip code as well as your first name and email address, your primary email address, and that helps us limit spam. We can target email that way with the zip code, so hope you'll include that. You can update your files, by the way. At the bottom of the newsletter, you'll see a link at the very bottom in the lower left. It says Manage Your Subscription. If you click on that and then look in the lower right for an edit button, you'll be able to change your name, your address, your telephone number, your birthday. You can give us as much information as you'd like, and you can add your zip code for us there. Again, that's mostly what I want your first name, primary email address, and zip code. So if you haven't ever done that before, look in the bottom of our weekly newsletter for manage your subscription. And when you click on that, look in the lower right for an edit button. Then when you're done, hit the update button to save your information. You can also unsubscribe that way if you wish to cease receiving the newsletter. Well, Thanks a million for being here. Hope you've enjoyed our little presentation. Premium podcast people, stay tuned as we will continue. And as always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. From Los Angeles, this is Michael Benner. So long.